Hi, everyone. This is Lindsay from the TEFL Commute. Uh, we have a special announcement before we begin our show today, and that is that at IATEFL 2019 in Liverpool, uh, the TEFL Commute is organizing its first event. We are hosting a board games night because uh, Sean, producer James, and myself are all board game enthusiasts, and we've rented an entire board game cafe. So uh, at the end of the episode, you'll find out information on more about this event. But if you are coming to Ayatafel in Liverpool and we'll be there on Monday, April 1st, that's the opening evening of the conference, come along and join us, meet us and uh, play board games with us. The Tuffle Commute, Season 9, Episode 2, Instructions. Now, before I begin the lesson, will those of you who are playing in the match this afternoon move your clothes down onto the lower peg immediately after lunch? Before you write your letter home, if you're not getting your hair cut, unless you've got a younger brother who's going out this weekend as the guest of another boy, in which case collect his note before lunch, put it in your letter after you've had your hair cut, and make sure he moves your clothes down onto the lower peg for you. Now, so what are we talking about this episode then, Lindsay? Uh, well, first of all, let's welcome everybody to the TEFL Commute. This is a podcast. It's for language teachers, but it's not explicitly about language teaching, although the topic often seems to come up. Um, you say that on an episode in which we're talking overtly about teaching. Yes, we're talking this time. We are talking overtly about teaching, although we'll find a way actually of having other examples of this yeah, come up. Yeah. Today's episode is on instructions. Uh, by the way, everybody, this is my name's Lindsay. And I'm Sean. <laughs> and we're your hosts. So each episode, we take a topic and we kind of take a look at that topic uh, from different angles and uh, have a little chat about it. This episode is on instructions. And instructions is something that's often, you know, it's quite important for teachers. We're always giving instructions. And for language teachers especially. I mean, in teacher training, it's one of those things that I know it's often one of those first things you write on a new teacher's feedback. As you say, it's week one feedback, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's work on your instructions. You need to work on your instructions. You've written that or expressed that to teachers? I, I, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's almost, I, I mean, we used to joke that it's kind of in week one of Salsa or, or whatever four-week course you, you, you train on, you can almost have it ready to copy and paste in because you know you're going to need it. Yes, exactly. Let's start out with what kind of teacher trainer wisdom or what kind of wisdom is given to teachers on instructions when when giving instructions to people whose language is in English. It's not just the wisdom, it's, it's whether people actually comprehend that wisdom. I always forget what it must be like, you know, on, on day one of teaching where the, when the, the trainer's going, right, you need to slow down, you need to grade your language, you need to break, you know, those kind of, yeah. you know, imagine trying to take on board all those instructions, which is advice in this case, but all the instructions from the trainer about how to give instructions. Yeah. It's typical to get, you know, slow down, you know, grade your language. And you can see, see some of the candidates going, what do you mean, grade your language? Yeah, and I think it's also about, you know, it's keeping the language simple. That's that's the that's the other main problem. One of the first things that I always tell a, a, a new teacher to do, though, is with, with, with instructions for activities, um, doing is so much 
more effective than telling Absolutely. if you're able to give an example. So even if it means doing an example on the board for everyone to see, if you have an example already made up, if you have a kind of thing where you are speaking with a part, like it's a thing they have to do in Paris, do an example with the student first and then say, see everyone, now your turn. Yeah, you this, I, you know? I completely agree. Uh, for, I, one of my colleagues used to call fronting it, you know, putting the exercise basically on your chest so everybody can see it uh, as you're talking about it. Uh, oh, but within that, make sure you don't give the handout first. That's always the funny one. Diligently giving out the handout so there's complete silence with the students doing nothing as, as this poor trainee teacher is handing out the handouts and then of course that they've got no attention when uh when... Yeah, that, 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 more than this complete silence it's giving out the handouts and everyone is reading and they're speaking and the other people are have their heads down reading it and they're not listening because they're they're reading ahead um I'm, and i've seen this like this isn't a kind of second language thing i've seen this happen in workshops where where like they, they give you out you know, the handout and the instinct is someone gives you a piece of paper is you you take it and you start reading oh absolutely yeah but actually, it's funny you say that in workshops because teachers are the worst. Teachers are terrible at following instructions. How many teacher training sessions have you done? Well, like we've experienced teachers. <laughs> and, oh yeah, oh yeah, and, no, it's terrible. And it's they terrible. just like you know. But I was going to go back. We used to find. I know is regularly running the 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 four week courses. Of course, the 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 guinea pig students, the students that come for the lessons, they'd been before, so they'd probably seen the material before. The poor te trainee teachers giving out the handouts. Going back to our scenario before, hasn't given the instructions, but of course the the the, the, the students in the room know the instructions because they've done it before, so they just get on with the they just get on with the exercise. Exactly, and sometimes sometimes I've been in that situation where you have the same guinea pig students and they sort of whisper to the teacher, "Check the instructions." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check right. that we know. <laughs> hey, by the way, one thing that used to be quite common in ELT classes for instruction checking that I've never liked is that check back the instructions bit. Uh, you know what repeat means re repeats to me what I said yeah like what did I just say like I think that's fine with I've always found that so awkward with adults like, yeah. I've never been able to do it like oh okay so what are we doing now <laughs> they're like uh, I sometimes I think I do I mean I wouldn't say I, I've the I agree with you on the uncomfortable nature of it I think sometimes you do have to do it I think there are yeah I don't know, ability issues, level issues, language issues, where you do need to check that it is. And I think, you know, you've got some recalcitrant teens that have not really been listening to you. Yes. So in that case, I think it happens. But this kind of, I mean, I, um, yeah, I've always struggled with what, what the trainers call it now, IQs, instru in, in, instructional questions, as opposed to CCQs, which are concept questions. Uh, and I know some trainers that get really hung up in those things, but no, I'm not very good. I mean, if I want to check my instructions, it, it probably is that how many people, how are we doing it? How long have you got? So, but it does sound very patronizing. It can do, it can do. Although I do like that, like when you can number it off. So if you sort of say, okay, there are three steps of this exercise, step one, step two, step three. Can someone tell me again, those three steps, just so we're all clear, feels a bit better than what did I say? What are we doing? What are you supposed to do now i don't know it's funny that step one step step two step three thing because i was thinking if i got outside of teaching for uh go outside of of our teaching language teaching um one of the things that annoys me every i take my son uh to uh baby rugby every like toddler rugby yeah. every, every saturday and and um what really annoys me about the coach who is 
generally uh, seems to me a good coach you know the, the the kids like him but when he's given instructions to things you're thinking you know is it like oh, so this is everybody's under five in this class and he's like so first you've got to find the red square or the blue square then you've got to get a green ball and go to the you know and then step, <laughs> step two you need to wriggle around this jump over this step so you're thinking how much information can these poor little kids and i sit there and i sit there with like there's a couple of other teachers that go there we sit there going instructions <laughs> instructions yeah. break up your instructions that's terrible <laughs> i mean i think there are so many other examples in real life where i wish instructions writers or instructions givers would go to a celta course because i mean especially people writing it like like instructions for certain manuals sometimes are just awful like like a washing machine manual or or those things where where partly it's a translation problem yeah. um other times it's just poorly written instructions you know elt is often criticized for many things but we do think we do some things very well and this kind of, I think the concept of classroom management that we would obviously I would say instructions is part of the the concept and the the perhaps emphasis that we put on on classroom management maybe because of the four week course because we kind of teach them teaching people to survive from day one in teaching aren't we so classroom management is quite important yeah. and I think the skills that that we do um, we do try and teach in that first week could be so applicable to everybody every other profession i go to corporate training and you just think seriously you know you're calling yourself a professional a professional coach and you you, you know i mean like yeah, coaching a professional the, communicator yeah and, and and this is this is the language you're using have you thought about this in any way whatsoever you know you think if if we were right you were sitting there writing the teacher training report on it you'd be like really <laughs> i know it's terrible i mean and i think speaking of another aspect of life that you and i are familiar with where they have kind of understood the idea instructions are better if they're given in little pieces and you learn by doing i think now of like the system for tutorials in video games or tutorial rounds in board games where they've learned that you know if you just throw all the instructions all on a screen and you have to read them that's not going to work for anybody but let's say you're playing a, a new game and they're like okay so you can see you're going to move, and it's like, press this key to move forward. And then you do that, it's like, dink, you did it. Now press this key to move sideways. I, I, press this key yeah, to draw I, your I'll, sword. I'll change games. Or, what I found, you know, what I've noticed myself doing uh, more over the last few years is obviously, um, like you, I'm a big board game player. And uh, when I pick up board game instructions, and I think this, again, illustrates what we just said about the fact of hey, breaking up your instructions. Can you see the instructions? Can you exemplify them? When you pick up a new board game and you get the instructions, the first thing I actually do is go onto YouTube because there's bound to be somebody talking through the instructions or playing the game giving you the instructions and i find that far more informative than trying to sit there going through the through the booklet and it is that kind of idea that as you said your words of wisdom are you know show it exemplify it well let's circle back to teaching i think you brought another clip to our Mm. show today of bad instructions yeah i I mean to be fair to the person this is i think this is a a celta trainer viewing it as an example i think this typifies what we've just been talking about in in many senses Okay, everyone. Um, so what are we doing now? Um, right. We're going to have a go at an exercise now that I think you are going to love. Um, you might find it a bit tricky, uh, but just keep at it. Don't stress about it. It's going to be fine. Um, so have a look at this piece of paper. There you go. Um, okay, so you're going to need a partner. You can work with someone on your table or um, someone else. Um, or if you prefer, you can work by yourself. That's fine. 
the, that video all amused me because going back to the conversation we said at the beginning, it's this use of like not simplifying the language, this this politeness, and I think it's um it's very common in a British trainee teacher of the would you would you mind awfully getting pairs right rather than getting to pairs the reluctant <laughs> the reluctance to be sort of forceful and use yeah, the imperative yeah, yeah. is is yeah especially I find that with younger teachers yeah, like sort of like if that's okay with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of like, yeah would you mind awfully getting into pairs if you could just do that please yeah if you if that's okay <laughs> well i think it's time for a little message from our producer perhaps producer james shall we bring him on and then continue with our instructions producer james here with a quick message to say thank you for listening to the podcast did you know that the show has a facebook page twitter account and even a youtube channel head over to tefelcommute.com and go to the what is tefel commute page to find all the links and then you can tell your colleagues all about us. With your help, we can reach even more teachers. Okay, on with the show. So one of the things I've always liked uh, has been reading stuff that Jim Scrivener has written about teaching tips. I find that his tips for teaching have always been, one, very sensible, and two, really easy to read and well-written and just so much common sense. So what you're saying is he gives clear instructions. (laughs) He gives wonderfully clear instructions. And um, I wanted to share with you uh, and with our listeners um, his really good instructions for giving instructions to lower level learners but um so i could just read them out but then i thought hey why don't we ask him to give the instructions himself to read out from his own book these come from uh, jim scrivener's wonderful book classroom management techniques published by cambridge university press we definitely recommend checking it out if you're a teacher or teacher trainer first of all use grammar or vocabulary that is at or below the learner's current level Make sure you use short sentences. Try not to put more than one instruction into a single sentence. And when you do it, chunk your instructions. One piece of information at a time. Don't try and say everything at once. A a good guideline is the least that is enough. I mean, don't ramble. Keep your instructions simple, concise and to the point. Try and avoid digressions. Generally, you need to speak a little bit more slowly and a little bit more clearly than you would normally do, pausing after each instruction to allow understanding and processing time. Try and sequence your instructions. That means giving them in the order that you want the students to do things, rather than mixing them up. Use signposting language. For example, first you, then, and finally. Where practical, Get students to do immediately each separate part of the instruction, step by step, and then give the next instruction, rather than waiting until they've heard the whole instruction and then asking them to do it. If students can see your lips as you speak, this can aid comprehension. Also, writing a few key words on the board as you speak helps them to listen, understand and remember the instructions. Alternatively, I often use little sketched icons, for example a pen and a paper, to help students remember what the instructions are. Use gestures, use facial expressions to support your instructions. A favourite technique is to punch the keywords. By that I mean say the essential words in a sentence with just a little more stress and a little bit of separation from the other words than you might typically give when you're speaking normally. For example, Write your answers on the other side of the paper. 
It's often worth checking if an instruction has been understood. Don't overdo it. Um, and don't ask, do you understand too much? Because that doesn't check very much. Try asking questions that check if they caught specific points. For example, how many questions are you going to answer? Choose the best moment to give out any materials or to tell students to open their books or start an exercise, etc. Once they're staring at a text, they'll lose concentration on what you're saying. It's often best to keep books closed, keep the materials undistributed, until after the key instructions have been delivered. Having said that, of course, with some activities, students will need to have the materials to hand in order to actually follow what you're saying when you give the instruction. Don't let students start doing the tasks before you've finished giving and checking instructions with the whole class, because if some people rush into the work, it distracts others and adds to the noise level and general confusion. And of course, they may well not have fully understood what to do anyway. So say something like, uh, wait, don't start yet, and make sure everyone really knows what they have to do before you say, OK, you can start now. Until you're comfortable with giving good, clear instructions, I'd suggest you plan them before the lesson. Ah, Jim's voice. Ah, Sully, I, I think I've said in a in um in a previous episode of of the Tuffle Community, I can't get it. Every time I hear that, I just think Father Christmas. Uh, but anyway, they are they are clear. Wonderful. Uh, let's let's change tack then, Lindsay, a little bit. Obviously, you're known as a, a materials writer, amongst other things. Okay, okay. He said nervously. Yes, we've both written stuff. But as as a materials writer, there's that, I've always found there's that pressure on instructions, you know, because as a teacher trainer, as oh, yeah. we just talked about, about instructions, and the number of times yeah. that as a teacher trainer, you've picked apart somebody else's material for having bad instructions. <laughs> so so when 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 you put the you know change hats and become the materials writer, yeah, um, it is it I think it's quite important. So let's let's see then. So let me let me paint you. I mean, you in the first episode of the season, you you decided to tell me jokes, which I haven't really got over. Okay, so Uh-oh. I thought I'd get a little a bit of revenge and i'm thinking of typical elt activities and i want you to give me the typical the, you know clear instructions Lindsay. okay clear instructions that i would write or clear instructions that i would say to the students uh, maybe it's a bit of a both. bit of both i think uh, i'll let you okay. I'll, I'll tell you what i won't make it that hard for you i'll let you choose so whichever you feel most okay whichever you feel most comfortable with okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so start off easy start then. off easy okay um a gap fill i mean that's a fairly typical activity a gap fill go on then Okay, write the missing word in the space. Sir, sir, what, what's a missing <laughs> word? What's a space? No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, like, I would have, I would have this on the board, right, or, right, or right. Th- that would be that. That would be the line instruction. Write the missing spot. Complete the gaps is the simplest one for that. A gap fill is usually just complete the gaps, and you have an example. What's always annoyed me is fill in the gaps, and I was just like, just yeah. put complete. Why do you have to say fill in? Complete. Okay, yeah. well done. That's one done. Then, okay, let's do. Let's get a bit trickier then. A pair work information gap activity. So we're, we're changing it a little bit. Okay, so this is like like one person has some information, the other person has the other information. Okay, yeah, that's typical. Like half a crossword thing, I guess, is a typical. Right. So again, because I'm the writer, uh, materials writer, I'm going to give you the kind of examples of stuff as how they would be written. Right. And this is actually really tricky to write because it's so easy to to kind of get out of control. One nice nice way: work in pairs, A and B. A, you have this paper. B. You have that paper. A, ask the questions on your paper to B. B, answer, ask questions on your paper to A. Complete the papers so they have the same information. 
And then the students just go, why do we have to talk here? You look at my paper, I'll look at your paper. <laughs> You're right, I forgot. Don't show your paper to your partner. You're right, I missed it. Oh, yeah, I just fell for the rookie mistake there. It's always, that's always a good one, though, isn't it? They look at each other and go, okay. It's true, and I would always put that in the written instructions. Don't show your paper to each other. The inf- that's how you get the yeah. gap. Yeah. Um, all right. But everything else I was pretty pleased with. Yeah, that no, was it was pretty good. good. I mean, it's, it's also a good example of perhaps a stage instruction. I've always found that kind of works if you get the A's together and the B's together, so you can tell, yeah. you can prep each side. That's true. I find someone who. Oh gosh, this is a good one because I think find someone who everybody thinks are relatively easy, but the instructions are actually quite. Difficult. The instructions are really <laughs> yeah. hard. Okay, look at the statements below. For each sentence, make the question. Example: Find someone who has been to China. Question: Have you been to China? Now. Get up. Walk around the classroom and ask the questions. When someone answers yes, write their name in the gap. Try to have different names for each gap. Ah, the good old try to have names for different gap. Well, yeah, otherwise they just, it's like, okay, Sean, I'm going to just burn through all the questions with you. Yeah. Or you could kind of adjust it, try to have at least four yeah. different names on the uh, list. And, yeah. and I, I always ask the follow-up question as well, you know, ask them a follow-up question. But it, yes, it is true that find someone who is notoriously hard to give quest, uh, um, give give instructions for. Yeah, it really it's is. Sort of like, so you have this piece of paper and you've got these spaces here and you've got to fill the spaces with people's names. But to do that, you have to make the question form. Don't read out the sentence, just make the, you know, like it's it is because it's one of those i think everybody thinks it's deceptively easy because it appears in so many i mean how many find someone who's have you seen or or even made in your in your career they're just in every course book every resource book though you know there's such a uh it's a a great activity i'm not i'm not dissing the activity but it's actually really hard to give instructions for and set up and you know even when the classroom's up and moving it it never works out even though the instructions are clear because people the students stand together they yeah they end up just going around what was your have you been to china so they end up walking around I'm just going China, 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 China. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you always have to stage it out saying make a question, like for lower levels, they'd have to make the yeah, questions all first, uh, sitting down. Uh, and then, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've started to kind of hint, well done, by the way. I think you did a good job. I'm sure the, I'm sure the audience is giving you a, a mental round of applause <laughs> as we speak. Um, so we kind of looked at things that go wrong. What, what other things do you think make instructions go wrong? Well, it depends. I mean, instructions, I think we saw in the example that we heard of the teacher giving the bad instructions is often like uh, wordiness, or the the kind of the politeness um the do you think you could possibly um using instructions that are more complicated than the activity is itself you know so um or i think there's also the instructions for activities where there's just too much going on that's what i sometimes see so it's sort of like look at these sentences decide if they're correct if they're incorrect if they're correct put a tick if they're incorrect correct them then write the correct version and write what you think went wrong and why that was a mistake you know like it's sort of like if it's tuesday yeah. go sit on the desk on the left and if it's yeah. when you know the, the, yeah i see what you mean there. you've written instructions on how to write instructions yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, 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 there's a few things that you could say about writing effective instructions. So when you're writing a course book, you, you kind of, one of the invisible things in a course book is the work that the editors do to make 
the consistency, right? Yeah. So even as simple as when you want students to work in twos, there's so many different ways that you can put that. You could put work in pairs. You could put work with a partner. You could put work A and B, uh, work with another student. So usually an editor goes through and makes all of those consistent. So, um, I mean, one of the things for effective instructions is, is, and it's a good idea too as a teacher to have your instructions consistent, um, especially at lower levels. At higher levels, if you want them to be exposed to more language, sure. But at lower levels, if your instruction is to, for work in pairs is work in pairs, then stick with that. Don't do work in pairs. Now work with a partner. Now work with a buddy. Now now sit with a friend. I think the uh, message in there is actually important to be extended. It's certainly with lower levels, this idea of, of classroom language per se being the same yeah you know so that even the routine language of the classroom is 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 kept as similar as possible i think it it helps the students um kind of in their decoding of the language and understanding that that is instructional language or management language so um i mean exactly and some of these things might have come up you know like some of these things are things that jim scrivener would have said but another one in certainly writing instructions is one action per sentence unless it's really simple so for example work in peer pairs is one action Action. So then the next sentence begins. You could pay, put work in pairs and ask each other the questions. That's simple. But for example, if you get like work in pairs, comma, ask each other the questions below and try to use all the words in the previous exercise, it's sort of like, whoa, the instruction on the page sounds really, really long. And you're like, whoa. And I'd say, so one, one action per sentence, avoid too many clauses. In the language you're using there, there's the underlying thing of use the imperative. I would say yes, yeah, yeah, no. definitely use the imperative. That would have been the next things I would say. It's answer the questions, read the yeah. article, listen to the thing, um, match the things, work with a partner, check your answers. Not, uh, I mean, please and all that stuff is for other things, but for instructions for classroom activities, I think the shorter, the better, and imperative, better. Yeah, and you want you're not going to you're not really going to. I mean, um, there's this idea of please, but in a in a piece of material, you know, in a course book, you're not going to write please all the time. I love it when I was no. thinking about editors and the consistency. I love it when editors write back. I've had editors write back to gratitude. You really think this is a pair work activity? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's true as well. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is your, I mean, in terms of shortness, I think apart from short sentences and not too many clauses, the, the, the instructions should be shorter than the exercise. So if you have like your exercise has like a series of like eight words in a word cloud and they have to do something with it, but the instructions ends up being a paragraph and a half, then all of a sudden most teachers and I've seen this actually when we've been piloting things, most teachers will look at it just like really quickly and be like, I'm going to skip that. That's too hard. You know, like it just, just on the face of it, it looks really hard. When you see a paragraph of instructions, when you see a paragraph that says something like, Answer the questions below and then ask your partner any of the questions below which you think are useful to you or them according to what you read in the reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, oh, kill me. Yeah. You know, there's just most teachers would be like, uh, no, because if it's a really if they if they feel and I think lots of teachers can identify this quickly when they're looking at an activity quickly, they're like, OK, I can do this with a class of 25 or with my A1s easily. And there are other times where they're like. No, you know, it's just not worth the payoff is not worth yeah. me spending all that time uh, explaining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. Short, short, uh, funny thing. I, I, I'm in a, I'm in a group of um, materials writers on Facebook, and uh, just to close this off, a short funny thing is, is, is we. Um, 
often uh, the typos because you end up writing the same instructions over yeah. and over again. And so I remember I asked them once, I said, how many people have written by accident work in Paris? Yeah. <laughs> <As you, laughs> And it doesn't it doesn't self it doesn't correct to the rubric. So I've had like in in my manuscripts for course materials, there's so many things where it's like work in Paris, you know, <laughs> underline and uh, ask and answer the questions. Work in Paris. Um, uh, you hope that the editor misses it. You know, will it make the final yeah, yeah. cut? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then even then, would a teacher recognize it if it said work yeah. in Paris? Um, uh, the other one is often like the, the the typo. We're writing students. Like ask another student. Um, another author said they've so many times written studnet. <laughs> Whatever that means. Ask another stud net. Should we take a break? Let's. So you've uh, you've taken all this care with all these instructions for us, Lindsay. But I'm thinking students don't follow them anyway, do they? <laughs> I mean, this is. Well, I, I sometimes wonder: is it students, or is it just a people thing? You know, we were talking about doing teacher trainer workshops. I wonder if it's just a, a human thing to not be good at following instructions. Oh, it's not like not reading the manual when I get when I get a new piece of exactly. equipment. I, I never read the manual. Yes, exactly. You just first. dive in. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, instructions are important full stop, but then there are the students who are doing exams or IELTS tests and stuff like that, where I think instructions are quite important. And actually watching them misread instructions or or misunderstand instructions or not pay advice to instructions is hilarious. You know, no matter how many times you tell them, you know, read the instructions carefully, read what you've got to do. Do you, do you, know. Do you know what I mean? I it's, it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. This. Yeah, I know. It's worth doing exercises with the students just to get them practice reading instructions. I give them it as a test. I get to the point where they, I come in and, and feign that they've annoyed me so much by not following the instructions for something that I've given them this test. And there's a piece of paper, for example, and on it. That, I think, I think I know what you're yeah, getting yeah. at, but go on, tell, tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put a link on the, on the, uh, on the commute page for the episode as to what, but it's this idea that, you know, that says that there's got a, an instruction at the top, read all these instructions. You have kind of eight minutes to finish this test. Good luck. And then it doesn't, it usually start off with like, read all the instructions before you begin. And then the, the, it's like, it's a whole series of instructions. The one that I'm currently looking at some starts with, right. Write your name at the top of the paper, write today's date is the second one, then fold your paper in half, uh, and so on and so forth. There are 17 instructions on this piece of paper. So by the time you get to number 10, it says circle all the numbers on the page, uh, particularly like number 12, stand up and spin round in a circle five times. Uh, number 16 will be write down the title of your favorite film above your funny face, because number 15 was draw a funny face. Uh, and then finally, they get to number 17, bearing in mind that, as you just said, it does say read all the instructions before you begin. And so the last instruction says, now that you've read all the instructions, don't complete any of the tasks. Just take this piece of paper back to your teacher. And I mean, I mean there's probably the sadist teacher in me just loves watching this unfold in the classroom. You know, just yeah. coming in, as, as I say, feigning it as a test. I did it with my Japanese students recently and had their students, you know, they all doing it as tests. And, and Japanese students are very serious. So, so they were doing it very seriously. Of course, doing all this thing, drawing the funny faces and so on. And then the look of absolute horror on their face when it just said, don't do anything was was, was yeah. absolutely yeah, no, no, no. hilarious it's a very good one i haven't done one with like 17 steps but i have done other similar ones i think it's very useful also i think it's useful for uh for students to uh practice getting familiar with like exam instructions you know especially if they're doing a cambridge exam or an ielts is is really good to get 
them really, you know, paying close attention to those instructions because some of them are so tricky, you know. Yeah, and, and it's like, that, for so, example, yeah, no. circle the circle the answer that does not belong, as opposed to circle the correct answer, you know, like th- those kind of things. Yeah, no, I suppose it's cer- certainly with IELTS because they have the same task done in really different ways. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I think my next instruction will be: shall we, shall we end this episode? That's not an instruction; it's a question, isn't it? No, end the episode. End the episode. Sean. Sorry, uh, yes, end <laughs> the episode. Okay, all right, I am ending the episode now. So get into and uh, lift your right hand now wave now outstretch your right hand to your partner shake hands turn to me say goodbye but just a reminder to people that the TEFL community is holding its first games night. Yes, that's right. Yeah. If you're coming to Liverpool for IATEFL and you're there on the Monday, uh, which is the Monday night before IATEFL fully kicks off, then the TEFL community is having a board game evening in the uh, Slice and Dice board game cafe near the conference. No, the Sugar, oh, sugar and Spice. Sugar, sugar and Dice. <laughs> slice and Dice. Dicey, dice it's and called the Sugar and Dice board game cafe. We've rented out the whole cafe along with their staff, all the games. Plus, there's going to be food and free food and uh, and soft drinks. It's a very small cover price. Uh, you get a whole evening of games. Come with a friend or come and make new friends. Well, no. Well, come with a friend if there's a place left because there aren't many places left. So uh, That's true. Yes. You've got to go to our website, find the sign-up sheet, uh, and let us know that you're coming because there's only 35 spots for a hilarious night of board gaming. And most of those have gone. You can meet the Tuffle community team and even perhaps along with the board game get yourself in a future episode because we're bound to do some recording as well what more attraction could there be anyway right (sighs) all right back to the instructions finish the episode sean stop stop episode switch off instruction say goodbye bye lindsay bye as your commute is coming to an end here's an activity you can take into class This is an end-of-class activity. At the end of your class, explain that you are going to give a special set of instructions to test listening skills. Your students have to listen carefully and do every action you say. Begin with an example. Lift your right hand in the air. Once everyone has the idea, continue. Pick up your pen with your right hand. Put your pen away. Pick up your books with both hands. Put your books away. Stand up. Turn to the person next to you. Say, it was nice to see you today. Say, see you next class. Take your bags. Turn and look at me. Say goodbye. Use this activity to actually finish the class by saying goodbye back and picking up your things. You've been listening to The Tevil Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast player of choice and by visiting us at tevilcommute.com. Where possible, give an example. 
you know, do an example for us on the board or do a... Um, seriously, Lizzie, seriously, that is not your phone. Seriously, <laughs> unbelievable. Sorry, just a second. Just a second. <laughs> See. See, and welcome to the meeting. Hello, Lizzie. 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 Hello, Lizzie.